the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 309 for April 29th, 2012. quarterly numbers start rolling in, Samsung is now the largest cell phone maker, and Google gets back into the phone retail game. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. Well, first this week, we want to talk about some quarterly earnings. There were a lot of them this week. First off, Apple. Tuesday, reporting Q2 2012 earnings, posting revenue during the period of $39.2 billion and a net profit of $11.6 billion. The numbers make for a 94% year-over-year increase, blowing away Wall Street's estimates for the period. During the quarter, Apple sold 35.1 million iPhones and 11.8 million iPads. Also, 88% and 51% increases there on each of those numbers, and a total of 365 million iOS devices have been sold to date. We have been thrilled with the sales of over 35 million iPhones and almost 12 million iPads in the March quarter, said Apple's CEO Tim Cook. The new iPad is off to a great start, and across the year we're going to see a lot more of this kind of innovation that only Apple can deliver. Our record March quarter results drove $14 billion in cash flow from operations, added Apple CEO Peter Oppenheimer, and we're looking forward to the third fiscal quarter, and we expect revenue of about $34 billion and diluted earnings of about $8.68 per share. Stock was up after hours nearly 40 points, bringing it back to around $600. Joey, it's really amazing to see these kinds of numbers. And it's just quarter after quarter, uh, clearly their biggest uh, second quarter, which is actually the first quarter of the year that they've ever had. Um, And 35 million iPhones is just unbelievable. You know, it really is. It, it, it's just amazing to see how how far they've come in the few years when Steve Jobs took back over Apple. I mean, they were on the brink of disaster. I mean, and it's just, uh, you know, quarter after quarter, these results are really, really impressive. And, you know, you almost wonder if they're going to sit back and say, OK, we've got this great success right now with the iPhone 4S. Are we going to even bother releasing one this fall? Because we can just stretch it out even longer and make the next one better and, and pent up demand. And uh, it, it, you know, you just wonder what uh, the strategy is going to be to see if they're going to start shifting it to become unpredictable or uh, or what's going to happen. Because it's uh, it it's really you know it really is interesting uh, how they've really taken off. And you know, I have to say that I've I've been more of an Apple convert in in recent years just because of the the products are quality and they provide kind of a, you know, a good experience. And it really is something that uh, seems like a lot of people obviously are uh, getting on the bandwagon as well. You know, I was talking to someone on, on Friday about this and that was, it was kind of a funny conversation because we were just, we were talking about how, how much their money that they're making. And there's actually a, an interesting conversation that we have on this week's unlock show. We'll talk about that though in a bit. Um, but the, the idea that Apple is is this company that is you look at the the amount of money that they have we're now up to 110 billion dollars in cash on hand and in what is it that apple is doing and the person i was talking to he said they're doing this and this and he held up his iphone and his ipad and this is just such a common story for those that are out there especially in the business world now ipads are just dominating when it comes to tablets and the ability to bring with you so much information in such a, a better way to do things while you're on the go than a laptop the ipad is, is such a great you know choice for for a lot of people now it's not to say that the iphone of course is perfect for everybody and what we'd like to do on this show is of course talk about a wide variety of things you you know, and products that are out there. And so we don't obviously focus on one, but it, it is really hard to not spend time covering some just amazing numbers that we always get. And, and quarter after quarter, Apple does it for us. Yeah. And it's really impressive. And, you know, of course, yeah, you're right. They're moving more and more into enterprise. You know, we, we, I saw a story about the talking about Apple TV and how they're becoming now used in, you know, conference rooms to, to show iPad content uh, on the projector or the, you know, the big screen TV that's hanging on the wall. And that makes perfect sense because, you know, there's the, the presentation software that's built in. And then there's also, you know, basically a lot of times all you're showing is just pictures or a website. You can do that super easy. And it's just, hello, that makes total sense. And of course, your investment is nothing compared to what you would have spent years ago on, on to do that same sort of system. So, uh, you know, it's just going to continue to make inroads now into the enterprise where it used to be kind of flip-flopped where Apple was just an enterprise with, you know, particular uh, software design or uh, graphic designers. 
and then now it's kind of gone full circle back around with the iPods that really kind of launched the the real consumer focused Apple. And I honestly am, am someone who who loves Apple products. There's no there's no mistaking that. And uh, I, I look at some of the great stuff that they've come out with. The Apple TV is one of those. Yeah, they they still call it a hobby, but it just works so well for what it is. And, and what you mentioned is 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 so interesting that it's become now part of an enterprise solution for for doing stuff in the boardroom. And you know, of course, you can see where education could take care of uh, you know some needs by using these in the classrooms as well. It is it is really neat to see this type of stuff. And and the the better that uh, you know, this the, the more popular some of these products come, the more attention that the other products get. So as more people get iPhones, uh, then they're looking at things like you know Macs, and as more people get iPads, you're looking at things like Apple TVs, and it's it, it is uh, it, it is truly remarkable. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the joke that I, I keep hearing here, but you can now either buy one share of Apple stock or an iPad. Your choice. They cost the same. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, and you know, there's a lot of speculation. Well, they can't go much higher. And, and you know, I think they could go a lot higher. But, you know, you never know what will happen. I mean, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. We've got some, uh, we've got, you know, a big target now on their back because they are huge. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot more to this story that we'll have to uh, really pay attention to Apple because we've got um, a, a ever-changing market that doesn't stay uh, stable. I mean, this technology and this this smartphone arena and the, the iPad arena, the, the tablet arena, the computer, it's all constantly in flux here because, you know, the iPad is kind of taking away from, you know, laptop sales and computer sales, but the iPhone kind of does. Uh, it, it's, it's just really ever-changing. And 35 million iPhones, you know, that is, that is, is quite a number. I mean, that's uh, in one quarter, you know, we, we extrapolate that out over the course of the year. And, uh, you know, the percentage of phones that they've sold here just in the first quarter um, is going to continue to grow because this is obviously their, their smallest quarter. Uh, but if it weren't for one carrier, this would not have been such a popular device in the States. And that's AT&T. And they this week also released their Q1 earnings, and they were better than they expected. They announced profits of $31.8 billion, uh, or excuse me, profits on $31.8 billion. That was in revenue. 4.3 million iPhones on AT&T were activated during the period out of a total of 5.5 million smartphones so a lot of people still choosing the iphone a total of 726,000 net subscribers were added that brings the total connection count to 103.9 million subscribers for at&t postpaid wireless subscriber arpu is up 1.7 percent now at 64 dollars and 46 cents churn is down to its lowest level in seven quarters at 1.1 percent Sprint on Wednesday announced Q1 2012 earnings, adding 263,000 subscribers, but reporting a $255 million operating loss. The quarter now, or excuse me, carrier now sits at 56 million customers, 32.8 million are of postpaid, and 15.3 prepaid. Uh, 15.3 million prepaid. Churn is uh, now at 2%, and Sprint reported 1.5 million iPhones were sold during the period. That's down from the 1.8 million number that they had in the holiday quarter, and 44% or 660,000 of those 1.5 million iPhones were actually new customers to Sprint. Now, on the network vision side, Sprint still plans to have six LTE cities up and running by mid-year and 12,000 towers by the end of the year across the country. To date, work has begun on 25% of the sites, with 5% of them on air. In conjunction, 1,300 IDEN sites have been taken down, with a total of 9,600 going dark within the next six months. Sprint also said it will offer 4G WiMAX services to Boost and Virgin Mobile prepaid subscribers via the Clear Network, Sprint still sells a few WiMAX devices, but will not introduce any additional offerings running on this legacy network. Metro PCS on Thursday announced their earnings, reporting lower net income of $21 million, but 132,000 subscriber additions. The carrier now has 580,000 LTE subscribers, or around 6% of its nearly 10 million customers. Plans are to have the current CDMA network 95% covered with LTE by the third quarter. And while they hope to introduce sub $150 devices running on LTE, that will not be until the back-to-school shopping season. Churn finished the period down to 3 and ARPU increased slightly to $40.56. Samsung on Thursday revealed a 1.4 gigahertz Exynos 4 quad-core processor. This is a processor coming to the next Galaxy device. It's a 32 nanometer quad-core processor, and they've got each core running at 1.4 gigahertz. It's based on the Cortex A9 architecture, and according to Samsung, it's already in production.
production, and the Exynos 4 Quad is scheduled to be adopted first into Samsung's next Galaxy smartphone. The Exynos 4 Quad is also sampling another major handset makers as well. Performance is said to be twice as fast while consuming 20% less power and will support 1080p at 30 frames per second video, has an embedded image signal processor, and will also support HDMI 1.4 output. Following 14 years of being on top, Nokia has fallen to the number two slot on the list of largest cell phone makers around the world. Samsung has overtaken the Finnish phone maker, according to the latest data from IHS iSupply and Strategy Analytics. Samsung sold 93 million phones during the first quarter of the year, giving it 25.4% of the market, while Nokia sold 83 million devices, giving it 22.5%. Apple places third in the studies with 35 million devices, LG in fourth, and RIM in fifth. AT&T on Friday announced that Salt Lake City, Utah would also have 4G LTE service online later this year. That announcement brings the total number of AT&T's LTE markets to near 40. Sprint announced on Thursday that its new CDMA-based Direct Connect will work with the IDEN-based push-to-talk networks of Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Peru, and Chile. Unlimited push-to-talk is available for $10 a month, along with cheaper plans as well. The FCC on Wednesday approved the transfer of Spectrum licenses in the AWS band from AT&T to T-Mobile. The transfer is part of the penalty incurred by AT&T for failing to get the T-Mobile acquisition approved. The transfer has 128 CMAs, including 12 of the top 20 markets around the country. T-Mobile plans to use the Spectrum for its upcoming 4G LTE services. Via a text message to customers this week, Virgin Mobile recently sent out an announcement telling customers that the current rate plans that they're on will end with a new phone purchase next month. According to the message, it said, starting on May 27th, new smartphones will be subject to current plan rates. This will apply if you switch phones, and then there's a link for where you can get more info. Current plans start at $35 a month for 300 minutes and unlimited web and messaging. And finally, Clearwire on Thursday announced the first set of markets to receive the TD LTE network upgrades and said 31 total markets will have LTE service by June of 2013. The initial market launches include New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, and Seattle. Clear is expecting the launch of the first five to occur early next year with the rest about six months later. Well, that's kind of interesting because they're, they're, it looks like they're, they're going to target the big cities first, whereas Clear's initial strategy for WiMAX was do all the, the kind of the, the small markets where it's the, I don't know, 50,000 uh, person cities they, were, they kind of really launched their network on. And this is kind of a, a flip flop of that. And I think that's okay to do, and it, it, it's going to make a lot of sense because they're going to try and cover these towns uh, you know, where they need to have the services implemented. Obviously, WiMAX is still going to be around. It's still going to be available for use on the devices that are out there, and, and now we just talked about Virgin um, you know, and Boost also now selling WiMAX-capable devices. So that network is not going away, so it makes sense for them to implement LTE in places where uh, they know they're going to have a lot of people using it. Yeah, it really does. And I'm, I'm real curious. I didn't actually look at the cities uh, from what we have information on the Sprint side, but it'd be really interesting if they, they're staggering their releases to coincide uh, with uh, not the same cities that Sprint is doing, but alternate cities. So, you know, Sprint and Clearwire can kind of launch their network simultaneously in different cities. And, and hopefully that'll give Sprint the advantage of having a lot more uh, LTE coverage at the same time. And I, I don't know if we have any roaming agreements uh, but in place, but I bet you they'll do something like that where they can benefit from each other's networks. And, and, and that's really, I think, what uh, consumers will really benefit from. Keep in mind, these are going to be uh, th- these first five are not going to be out until early 2013. So uh, don't expect to have any devices uh, that are going to be using this this network here for a little bit. But um, nonetheless, you know, 31 total markets. Um, I'm trying to remember how many Clear has right now. Maybe 50 or 60 somewhere in there. I mean, it's it's on WiMAX. It's not a lot. So uh, probably though, about half of what they have for WiMAX is going to be uh, covered with their LTE by uh, by this time next year. Basically, is what they're talking. So good news there especially if you're someone who, uh, who likes Clear or maybe owns Clear stock. Well, you can help support the Cell Phone Junkie and the work we do here each week by signing up for TCPJ Unlocked. The Unlocked podcast is our bi-monthly premium show, which for only $5 a month, $12 a quarter, or $45 for an entire year will give you in-depth conversations about the latest in cellular issues, interviews with industry experts, and much more. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link for TCPJ Unlocked. A big thank you goes out to everyone that subscribes. And coming up on this week's show, uh, we're talking about a number of topics, of course, including uh, Apple. We mentioned that earlier. We've got a little uh, rant in the show there about, uh, you know, kind of what is going on with Apple and, and really 
Is there anything out there that can stop them and the massive growth that they're seeing? But we're also talking about issues surrounding the security of keeping your data on cloud-based services. Joey, uh, what are the risks for companies like Apple and Google when it comes to the scrutiny of the federal government here? Well, we've got, there's actually a lot of risk. If, if we've got uh, history to look back on here in, in Microsoft is that uh, uh, example because basically in the late 90s, Microsoft was really uh, almost destroyed kind of by the, the federal government and their monopoly and the antitrust lawsuits that were raised against them. And, and, and a lot of that was just from a, a bundling Internet Explorer and mm. into Windows. And, and that right there in today's uh, market seems ridiculously basic. I mean, you buy a, a, a Mac and that's got Safari bundle. That's an Apple software. We've got, uh, you know, Google Google phones now it's coming with Chrome that's bundle uh, you know they all of these things are kind of reeking of that same uh that same uh mentality that's been built up again where everything's embedded everything's integrated and you can't escape their services and it just seems like now it's much much worse because now you've got the 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 back ends the cloud based services like iCloud on Apple and now Google's services like the Drive and the 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 email and the reader and everything else is all tied into it in addition to the search which basically can drive anything and everything and it, it drives the world right now if if Google decides to change a, a page ranking that can represent millions and millions of dollars a day for cert, for certain companies so it's uh it, it's becoming very very interesting and and this could be what changes apple drastically or google drastically because if they ha- if they're restricted from doing certain things an android phone as you know it right now may not exist because of antitrust lawsuits so there, there's a very interesting story this week about that. And, and one of the things that they're talking about, as Joey mentions, is the, the, the Google's, um, their, their search technology that they're using, um, it's directing you know, the millions of us every day that are using it to both online and offline destinations. And, and they're, they're talking about how that relates to this, you know, this Internet Explorer suit that Microsoft faced. And that was you know, almost 15 years ago. So um, is Google abusing their power? And that's kind of what's going on. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this particular story, which is not related to the Unlock show other than we did talk about what's going on with, on the security side when it comes to these cloud-based services. Because if you're using them, there's something that, that you're, you're doing uh, knowingly and willingly giving all your information and your data to these companies. And in many cases, it's for free. You're not paying for it, uh, for them to host this stuff. And so you just really have to be careful of what you're giving to them. Sure, there's terms of service that are, can be a little bit sketchy, but at the same time, um, you know, on the Google side, it is a boilerplate. You know, this is something that all of the services are using. So of course, they're going to have to copy your data because they're replicating it across servers. Of course, they're going to have to uh, say the things that they say to cover themselves from the potential of a lawsuit. But just knowing uh, all of what is going on is, is the biggest part of this thing. Yeah, and you know, think of it this way. If, if you take, you know, Facebook, for example, they, they, they make uh, a ton of money. And if you know, you know anything about the profit, they're just huge as far as the money they take in. And, you know, uh, us as customers or the public as customers of Facebook, we don't pay them money. So where are they making all this money? And, and a lot of people tell you, oh, they're, ma- they're selling ads. They don't sell that many ads to make that kind of money. They are selling data and they're selling, you know, compilations of data and statistics and a lot of that backend stuff that you're providing them because you're basically, it's almost like you're blogging for Facebook. You're creating data for them to use and utilize and manipulate and, 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 and do whatever they want to do with it, which includes selling it off. And of course, using your face to sell ads, you know, on top of it. So you, you really have to think about, you know, why do they want to do this and, and why are they making money and how are they making all of this money, you know, on selling ads, which they're not. So it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, you know, business model that's uh, relatively new. And if you want to hear more about it, make sure you check out the Unlock Show. It will be released this Tuesday morning. You can find information about it over at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, two new devices this week to chat about. Uh, The first one, Verizon, uh, revealed information about the HTC Droid Incredible 4G on their Droid Does site. This device features a number of features that uh, we'd expect to see this time 
around for the latest in the droid line, including Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich along with Sense 4.0. It's got a 1.2 gigahertz dual core processor, one gig of RAM, a four inch super LCD display with QHD resolution, eight gigs of internal storage with expansion capabilities of up to 32 gigs via micro SD, Beats Audio, Pandora and Slacker Radio, an eight megapixel camera, 4G LTE, and it comes with a 1700 milliamp hour battery. Availability has not been announced, though pricing is set at around $300 with contract. And the other device is not one that's so much new, but the way that it's being distributed is new yet old. Google on Tuesday made the unlocked GSM version of the Samsung Galaxy Nexus available through the Google Play Store for only $400. The offering is the first hardware to be sold through Google since the original Nexus One back in 2010, which at the time was $530. So this one has got a good $130 off of that. Uh, the version will operate on HSPA networks around the world, including AT&T and T-Mobile here in the U.S. And uh, this is a very uh, good price for this. I mean, when this one first came out, it was to get your hands on one. This was last November. And uh, now we're seeing it now for $399. You will have to pay tax on that, so keep that in mind when you go to order one. But uh, for a Pentaband ice cream sandwich stock Google phone, $399 is a great price. And Joey, they've got me thinking, yes, yet again, about buying another Nexus. Well, it's uh, fairly uh, hard to beat that price if you think about it, because, uh, you know, if you go buy that right now with like Sprint Verizon, it's 200 bucks. For that phone and uh well on verizon wasn't it 300 or it, yeah, it was it three was. they just dropped it to two actually this week yeah because sprint released theirs for 200 so if you think of that difference versus what you'd pay for uh an end of uh contract to, to buy out your contract with the 300 some dollars on top of the 200 or 300 dollars that's a huge discount right there because that's barely over um you know barely over the the the, the sale price of it the on contract price so that is a a great deal for that device And if you go and try and find yourself, you know, maybe a deal um, on a Nexus device, uh, you're probably not, you haven't, at least in, you know, the last couple of months, looked for the Nexus just because it it has been a little cost prohibitive. So uh, probably like you uh, or like me, you may have looked and tried to find yourself a a Nexus S out there. And honestly, I could not find a much cheaper than $300. Um, And this is kind of the same mentality that I have with how you choose an iPad. Sure, you can go and buy an iPad 2 today and you can save $100, but it's $100. And it's only $100 when you think about how much more you're getting when you go and buy yourself the brand new latest hardware that's out there. Um, and if we can you know, take a page from the past and how Google has done, with, you know, done their devices, we've seen the price of this phone just drop and drop. And $400 is about, I think, as low as we're going to get with this. I I don't see them changing the price down any lower. So now is the time if you're looking to pick up a Galaxy Nexus. Um, it's This is going to be the... The, the best um, you know stock Google device that's out there for probably the next six months. And now uh, we, we do have a, an announcement coming up this week. So before you run off and to Google Play or was it play.google.com, I guess, and buy your Nexus, keep in mind the Galaxy S3 will be announced on Thursday out in London. So make sure you, uh, if you are at all interested in that one, make sure you wait to see the announcement on that. Well, yeah, and that should be uh, an interesting device here to carry us kind of through the second half of the year this was the first half of the year uh device but yeah like you said uh stock android experience and of course easily unlockable and uh you can put any you know rom image you want on there and that's kind of one of the uh, two of the advantages of getting a, a the the nexus style phones uh direct from google I'm having a hard time not not clicking that button joey i mean 400 bucks for this thing you know i i bought and sold my one originally and then i i, I kept the, the last one that i had for a couple of months and it is um, it is the best Android phone I've ever used. I, I can honestly say that, and I'm very excited uh, to see this price low because it it, it gets a lot uh, of additional people that uh, can can get their hands on this one now if they were uh, you know concerned about the price in the past. So it's a, it's a great deal. Um, like I said, though, if you're at all interested in the, the S3, the next Galaxy, wait until Thursday, and uh, then you'll have yourself a decision to make. And like we've talked about uh, numerous times here, but it's probably even worth mentioning again if you uh, if you're someone who's kind of doesn't want to sign a new contract, uh, you know, get this device with a T-Mobile prepaid SIM. Uh, you, you absolutely can't beat having a flagship uh, device, Android device, on a prepaid plan uh, because, of, because it's got the Pentaband support in this. The Pentaband is huge. Um, the S3 is probably not going to be of interest to me if it's not Pentaband, which um, I don't know why they would make it, you know. Uh, and, you know, the carriers don't want them to do that. The carriers are going to uh, probably create you know exclusive agreements on particular variants of this this phone and there's 
I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we only have a couple days to wait and see, so we shouldn't speculate too much on that. But either way, um, great price, 400 bucks. Go check it out, Galaxy Nexus. Well, this show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. For the true Cell Phone Junkie, the application for either Android or the iOS lets you listen to the latest 50 shows on demand in the background while you do other things on your device, as well as giving the ability to follow the show's Twitter feed, view the show notes, and actually click through and read along with the stories that we talk about each week, as well as emailing and calling into the show. This is a great way to experience this show as you go on your device. Well, some software news this week. First off, Twitter on Thursday updated its Android and iOS applications. The updates improve the usability of the apps, also making the Discover tab easier to use, improving the search functionality, and adding push notifications for interactions such as favorited and retweeted tweets. Both are available for free from their respective app stores. Microsoft rolled out updates to its SkyDrive services on Monday. The cloud-based storage service received updates for the Windows Phone and iOS apps, allowing for easier file access and sharing. SkyDrive has previously provided 25 gigabytes of free storage and has now decreased that on new accounts down to 7 gigs. Users can choose to purchase additional storage for $10, $20, or $50 per year for 20, 50, and 100 gigabytes of space. Current accounts will remain at 25 gigs. New Mac and Windows clients have also been made available, functioning similar to Dropbox with real-time syncing. And this is a great way uh, for especially those of you that have got that 25 gigs of storage to be able to push all of that stuff out to either your Windows phone or iOS device through the SkyDrive service. And then on Tuesday, Google announced something that was often rumored, yet uh, never we had seen had not seen the details for this yet, and that is Google Drive. It's a way to store and sync files to the cloud, similar to, of course, Microsoft SkyDrive and Dropbox, and this works between desktops and mobile devices. It offers 5 gigs of free storage to users and additional storage options up to 16 terabytes for a fee. The service syncs over 30 different files, including Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and JPEG images. Along with the announcement, Google has also increased the storage capacity of free Gmail users from seven and a half up to 10 gigabytes. The clients for Windows, Mac, and Android are available now with an iOS app coming in the future weeks. Now, this was a, a very exciting announcement. We talked about this one, of course, on the Unlock show this week as well, because uh, one of the things that we really, uh, that I personally re- was excited about with this is that I had already had a paid Google account. So I had 80 gigs of uh, storage for $20 a year. I get grandfathered in with that, so I have 80 gigs to use with my Google Drive. So this has uh, really provided me with a great way to store some media uh, that I absolutely want to have backed up and never want to lose ever. And uh, so this is a great way to do it. With uh, at 20 bucks a year, it was really hard to beat. So check that one out. Uh, clearly, though, this is uh, they've got prices that are a little bit higher than that now. I think it's five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year. Uh, for 50 gigs, and I think the 100 gig is maybe $100 a year, 10 bucks a month, or something like that. So it's a little bit higher, but uh, certainly not not too bad. So it's it's a, a great way to sync stuff and store stuff uh, from uh, your phone and to your uh, computer when you're on the go. Samsung Galaxy Nexus users were treated to Google Wallet this week as Google opened up the wallet application for download on Nexus devices running T-Mobile through Google Play. Users establishing a new Google prepaid account will be credited $10 to use wherever Google Wallet is accepted. And Samsung this week released details surrounding the release of Android 4.0 Ice Cream Sandwich for its handsets. Accordingly, the following devices are set to be updated by the end of the year. On AT&T, you've got the Galaxy S2, the Galaxy S2 Skyrocket, the Galaxy Note, the Captivate Glide, and the Nexus S. On Sprint, you've got the Galaxy S2 Epic 4G Touch and the Nexus S 4G, which of course that has already been completed. And then on Verizon, you've got several Galaxy Tabs. Exact timing on when the updates will roll out was not revealed, and no word on what devices from T-Mobile will be included. Well, we've got some questions and comments here this week. First one, a question from Meg, and she says, Hello, TCPJ. My contract is up with Sprint in a week, and I prefer to buy a new device as soon as my contract is up to get the clock start ticking again. However, the only device that I have an interest in right now is the Galaxy Note. I've heard rumors that it is coming to Sprint, but nothing official. What do you think the chances are? I really want to stay with Sprint, but I really want the Note. Meg. Well, Meg... Unfortunately, I've seen nothing solid yet about the Note on Sprint. We know a T-Mobile device, uh, a T-Mobile Note has been seen in the wild, but I personally seen nothing on Sprint. Well, uh, you know, we have seen rumors of a CDMA Note, and there was speculation back uh, before CES that they were going to announce a a Sprint version of the Note. So I think... um, 
you know, usually those kind of rumors don't come out of nowhere. So I, I, I believe we'll probably see one. I, I, I kind of think we will. So uh, sit tight. And I'm curious about that device myself. I, I really am. I, I want to kind of see it and play with it uh, on the Sprint Network and, and see what it's like. So hopefully something comes and, and you know, I really think we will see it. Well, I uh, I would say you know certainly I, I think waiting if you're if that is really what you want if that is the device that you want sure why not but um, you know honestly you can still right now go get your Galaxy Nexus on Sprint if you wanted to do that um, you know or there's some other other great Android options as well or I suppose just uh, uh, try it try it on the T-Mobile Repaid you know get mm-hmm. one of those accounts and, and and you know buy the device outright which would be fairly expensive but uh, I suppose it is an option to do it would be and. You know, the other part of this is if you if you really want to get something new, maybe consider buying something uh, new or excuse me, used that's new to you, because what that will do is then kind of satisfy whatever you know urges that you have for a new device. And uh, so get it and just use it. And, and then you can sell that. And the reason I say this is because I think it's going to actually it's going to uh, show you two things. Number one, it's going you're going to be able to get most of your money back for it when you go and sell it because it's a used device. But number two, then you're also going to have something to play with until you wait for the note to to, to come out and, and it, it's really hard to recommend. And I know Joey said, wait, and, and if you want to wait, if that's what you're hard to set on, certainly do it, but it's really hard to wait in today's uh, smartphone environment just because there's so much coming at us so quickly. You have to just kind of at the time when you're ready to buy a new phone, just buy it, use it, like it, because you know, in a year you're going to find something that's totally different and you really like as well. Well, but in this case, referring to the note, it's a different device. It's completely different because it's, it's, it's a note taking device with the stylus. That's it's, it's, it's not a smartphone as we're used to it. So we, we almost can't even compare it. So, uh, basically on that thread, um, really th- there's not much else to compare it to at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. other than using an iPad with the stylus, with some of the note taking apps like w- w- we use Mickey, but I, it, it, it's still not quite the same. So uh, really, it, it's really tough to, to say what to do with that right now, uh, other than, uh, you know, maybe get the T-Mobile version. I mean, because the, the timing for the Sprint one would is totally up in the air. I mean, it could be months or it com- could come out next week, but I, 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 we haven't seen any firm release dates yet. So that tells me it's at least a, a few months out is what that tells me. So here's what I can tell you, Meg, though, is that as soon as we hear anything about it, of course, we will talk about it on this show. And now that I know that someone is specifically looking for a sprint uh, note, uh, I will keep my eyes out specifically for that, even if it's just rumored information to talk about what that could potentially mean for you. Next one here is a question from John. He says, hello, gents. I really enjoy the podcast. I have a question for you. I am very excited about the new Pebble Watch and the biggest Kickstarter pro- that is the biggest Kickstarter project ever. My question is to you about Bluetooth. Do Android phones support multiple connections at the same time? For example, I've got, uh, I have the new watch on and it's connected to my phone when I retrieve app data. When I go to my car, get in, my phone is automatically set to connect when the car starts up. What will happen? Will the connection to the watch drop out when the car connects? Or the car not connect because there's already an active uh, Bluetooth connection? Or will the car connect, creating a second Bluetooth connection so that I'm able to answer Carl's while driving? I've been looking around for an answer, but I can't seem to find one. I currently have the HTC Thunderbolt on Verizon. Supposedly, ICS is coming soon as an OS upgrade. As a side note, other than the Motorola Razer Max, which, uh, why hasn't Verizon offered some of the newest hot phones, such as a version of the Galaxy Note? My Thunderbolt is slowing down, so I'm just waiting for something to upgrade to. My choices, uh, if they were to get them, would be the Galaxy Note, the Galaxy S3, or the HTC One X. I'm just waiting for something good to come to Verizon. I can't believe AT&T gets all the good stuff first. Thanks, John in Boston. Well, uh, John, Joey, you're going to have to verify this for me, but uh, from the devices that I've used in the past, um, I I, I recall being able to do two uh, or more, actually, Bluetooth connections at the same time. Um, And for me, it's always been through Bluetooth audio, where I had a separate Bluetooth audio dongle in my car, as well as the voice so for when i get phone calls uh whatever that protocol is called and both would work and the great thing was as soon as the phone call a phone call would come through it would pause the music the phone would answer and then when that the call was done then it would go back to playing the music right away and that was actually through two different bluetooth streams yeah so i i don't think it'll be an issue yeah i I believe most devices support i I honestly i can't say i connect that many bluetooth devices at a time so i haven't really tried it recently as far as having multiple things connected but yeah it it it, it, it really shouldn't be an issue to have like the watch uh, connected with audio profiles on separate devices. 
the and I'm going to say I'm 99% sure you're going to have no problems with this. The the only 1% that I have is on the HTC Thunderbolt because I did not try that when I had the Thunderbolt. So I, I can't verify it for you, but I would say, you know, Android can do it. It's not a problem. Uh, you'll be fine with that. Just hopefully the, the Thunderbolt doesn't have it, which it should not. It, it's, you know, I'm very, very uh, feeling very positive about that. Uh, oh, and then on the other point, yes, of course, we just talked about the Note and, and coming to CDMA. Uh, yeah, I think the Galaxy S3 is going to be there. So if you're, you know, waiting for a new phone, that's probably a good choice there. One X, I have to imagine, you know, with the Evo 4G LTE coming to Sprint at some point, that's uh, probably an exclusive for them on the CDMA side. Uh, we'll see a One X come, but uh, maybe maybe three months, maybe six months. I'm not I'm not sure how Verizon's going to work that out. Yeah, I'm not sure either, and it's uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what that comes. But yeah, the Note still again, it's unique because of its uh, you know note taking style abilities. Hmm, absolutely. Next one here, a voicemail from Kettle. Hi, Mickey and Joey. This is Kjetil from Norway. I have a few questions regarding the iPhone 4, which I'm recording on right now. Uh, first of all, I've had some issues with the, the Plantronics 925 Bluetooth headset. I've uh, had a few phone calls with it, and the people I'm talking to say they don't hear me uh, well all the time. They say I sound hollow, and they sometimes don't, don't hear uh, all that I'm saying. I really want I really wonder what's wrong because I can hear them okay. So, do you know if there are any issues with that particular headset or with Bluetooth hands-free in general on the iPhone, uh, especially the iPhone 4? And uh, my second question is uh, I found something in the menu called TTY. I tried to switch that on and the next time I made a phone call, I was asked if I want to make a, a regular call or uh, via TTY. What is that actually? By the way, I've never had any signal drop issues or anything like that on my iPhone 4. I've also been talking to others uh, with the same phone and uh, they've never had that either. So uh, sometimes I'm wondering if that's the US issue because you have been talking a lot about it and uh, and so have, have others. So So I don't really know if we are lucky up here or something. Now I had this phone since Janu- Jan- January last year, and um, I'm I'm very happy with it in uh, in every way. So um, I've been thinking a lot about that signal drop issue, and uh, try to hold it, uh, you know, sev- uh, several ways and stuff like that. But but never experienced that. My last question is an Android one because I've also got the HTC. Desire HD, which uh, I purchased uh, shortly after the iPhone because I want to try an Android phone. Uh, it's a, I like the phone very much. It's uh, it's very good, but um, I'm not been able to use it very much. It's running uh, Android 2.2 at the moment, and the screen reader options are very limited. And I've heard that it's much better in uh, ICS. So do you know if it's possible to upgrade that phone to ICS or if it's simply too old? Okay, I really enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for your voicemail, Ketzel. First off, I want to point out that Ketzel recorded and emailed this from his iPhone, and that's why the quality was so great. Of course, we do like getting voicemails in this format, so feel free to record and email them to us, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. Now, on to the first question. Personally, I've used the Plantronics 925 for the past few years, and I've never had issues with it. Um, One thing that I would ensure is that the boom that you have is pointed directly towards your mouth when it's positioned in your ear. Um, It it tends to droop down if you're moving about and can cause unnecessary background noise, also poor quality for the person on the receiving end, so that could potentially be it. So just make sure that that boom is sticking straight out from your ear, straight down your cheek towards your mouth, and uh, you should hopefully see some improved results from there. Uh, For the second question, TTY stands for Text Telephone uh, device, I think, and it enables hearing impaired to communicate via telephone. Uh, for this able to work, both users must have TTY on, and then they can type messages back and forth to each other. Yeah, I haven't tried that uh, service myself, but I was just going to mention one more thing about the Bluetooth. Just make sure you don't have like wind or car, uh, the, the, like the blower. If you're in your car and you've got the blower going, that can really create issues uh, like, like, you know, a breeze on the, the Bluetooth headset as well. 
That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, the TTY thing, um, you know, certainly this is something that is great that it's built in uh, to the iPhones. Uh, it's, you know, the number of accessibility options, which Ketel, I know you're interested in, are are getting better and better with every iOS uh, revision. And so it's great to hear that uh, it's working out well for you because I know you came from Nokia devices. Uh, and then finally, regarding ICS on the Desire HD, it does look like it's possible for this. The folks at XDA have created a ROM for it. Um, I found a German site. It's ICS dash desire hd dot co dot de uh if you go into the show notes over at the cell phone junkie.com find voicemail from kettel click on voicemail from kettel and it'll take you over to that so um that has got some information that you're going to definitely want to check out as uh, you're going to have to do some hacky stuff there but you can get ics on your desire hd so that's good news there next one is a question from charles he says i'm a long time and loyal iphone user and i've been considering going uh, doing my fourth trial of an Android device. I've returned or sold all of the devices for various reasons, but I've never tried a stock Android experience of the Nexus. Now that Google is selling that phone directly, I've got the itch again. I'm considering doing this with T-Mobile's $30 monthly plan. My other option would be to add a line on my home plan, but that's $50 a month. Do you think this is the way to go, both the phone and the service? If I don't like the phone, I can just discontinue the service and sell the phone. Um, this is a pretty easy answer for me. Yes, this is a great option. Joey, I know you can attest supporting this prepaid route too. You know, absolutely. It's it's a great way to try it. I mean, yes, you, you'll probably lose some money on the resale of the device, you know, just due to taxes, shipping, you know, eBay fees or, or Craigslist fees or whatever just to move it. But you're looking at an overall, you know, cost to do that at something, you know, drastically less than, you know, the the $50 a month on your, uh, you know, signing a new contract on your current plan and having to break that contract. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a it's basically a, a no contest for the uh, what what to do. You know, if this is a secondary line, like you mentioned, because you've got an iPhone, um, I, I love this combo. The iPhone Android uh, with the Galaxy Nexus combo is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that I can just somehow lose my Blackberry here and then just never get another one because that's exactly what I would do is I would go and probably get the Galaxy Nexus within about a day. I just, it, it works out really well. And, uh, T-Mobile, depending on how the service is for you, um, may or may not, uh, you know, be worth the $30. I have to be honest. Sometimes I question the fact that, uh, even at that rate, $30, it, it's maybe a little bit much for the service that I get. I'm on edge a lot of the places that I go and that's just based on where I live and work. So, um, just keep that in mind. Uh, but again, it's 30 bucks and you can't go wrong with trying a service out for 30 bucks. Uh, at the end of the month, if it's not working out for you, just stop paying and you're good. Just don't sign up for the auto refill and, and you're good. So, uh, and that's what I've done a couple of times is just stop paying. And then, you know, I decide, uh, okay, I'm going to jump back up again and just load the money back on and you're off and running. It is Fantastic. So anyway, absolutely love the idea. Go for it, Charles. Next one here is a comment and a question from Patrick. And he says, guys, uh, a comment and a question. Last episode, a listener wanted to unlock the Samsung Focus S. I have the experience of unlocking quite a handful of phones by buying unlock codes on eBay. All of them have been successful except one phone. I was con- uh, I was contacted that or Con, yeah, contacted that they cannot provide the unlock code for that particular phone and they simply refunded the payment. Then I just took another seller who was uh, more expensive and they were able to provide me with a successful unlock code. Regarding who to choose, I really don't pay any attention. I look for a seller with at least 500 good feedbacks and the lower price and I choose them. So this is actually... Uh, a, a great way to go, uh, you know, certainly you can on eBay, if you find someone who's selling unlock codes, yeah, look for that good feedback on there. You can easily, uh, you know, filter out searches and, and get the the folks that are out there that are have positive feedback, read the reviews. Uh, you know, if you see something that doesn't sound right, move on to the next one and find someone who you're happy with. And, and there you go. Uh, it's also, of course, try and find what's going to be, you know, someone who's had success unlocking the particular phone that you have. So yeah, that's a, that's a great way to go. Thanks for that, Patrick. And he says, now for the question, I've had troubles doing Wi-Fi sync on my iPhone lately. I use Windows 7 and the iPhone 4. Sometimes the Wi-Fi sync button is grayed out. Sometimes in the middle of syncing, I'll get an error message that the phone cannot be found or the sync session cannot start. Sometimes it works just fine. The experience is just inconsistent. I make sure that the phone is charging. I try restarting the phone, restarting iTunes, the same result. Is it just Windows and iOS devices that don't work well together or am I doing something wrong? Thanks. Well, Joey, what do you got for him here? Well, you know, I uh, I really haven't done much Wi-Fi syncing. I've tried it and it never worked for me. So, hmm. and that's on Windows. And I don't know if you know one thing to really uh, look into is is the uh, firewall. 
on the windows because you know it's always on by default and that may be restricting the issue i never thought about it because i just i use the i the uh the iCloud to do the backup and that's basically that's basically all i do and as i use the the actual physical cable connection when i do the the very rare itunes sync with my uh ipod touch and the ipad so uh, actually look into that. Maybe there's a Apple support document that'll tell you which ports to open in the Windows firewall to, to fix this. If this is in fact the issue, that's about the only thing I can really think of why there'd be an issue. I absolutely think it's Windows related. I have, I've always seen problems with iTunes on Windows and I, I, it's almost like they've done it intentionally. You know, they've just made it not a good experience and I, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but if you want to go conspiracy theory, you can go with that. I rarely have issues with the Mac OS and Wi-Fi syncing. In fact, um, I, you know, I always make sure that the phone is unlocked. That could be another thing too. So if you're someone who locks the phone, just power it on and uh, make sure it's unlocked and then and then go into I, open iTunes then and, and hit sync. Um, but rarely do I have a problem. Uh, in fact, most of the time, like with my iPad, it'll be sitting in my briefcase and uh, I'll just, I won't even turn it on. I'll just go open up iTunes and hit sync and it's sitting, you know, in my briefcase on the other side of the house and have no problems with it. So uh, I, yeah, I think it's probably a Windows thing. Yeah, most likely. And yeah, it's uh, just buy a Mac. That's, that's really the same. <laughs> right, Mickey? That, that, that's your answer. That's, so. Well, yes, that's my answer for everything though, because <laughs> it just makes things easier. Yeah, right. Ooh, sorry. This is a phone show. What are, what are we talking about Macs for? Anyway, finally today, a question from Mike. He says, Mickey and Joey, I'm permanently switching from Verizon to T-Mobile prepaid. I hate the idea of having phones that cannot get 3G HSPA plus on AT&T and AT&T based MVNOs like Straight Talk and Simple Mobile. So I'm looking for suggestions on high quality pentaband phones other than the Galaxy Nexus since I've had it since Verizon released it and I'm bored with it. Thanks for your help. Love the show, Mike. Well, Mike, this is a awesome question. In fact, it is so awesome. We, uh, I looked, I started looking into this because I am, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the Pentaband thing is one of the things that just sold me about the Galaxy Nexus. Unfortunately, it's still on the top of my list, even after doing all of the research to try and find what is out there that you could potentially use. So, uh, Galaxy Nexus, yes, I know you've already had it. Um, I will tell you, it is a little bit, uh, I'll say, I don't want to say better, but it's different on the on the GSM side because it's thinner uh, and the battery life is much longer because it's not using LTE. So I'm not sure uh, what you were bored with on it. Um, if it was just the hardware, because clearly a stock ICS experience is is about as customizable as you can get. So you can easily unbore yourself with that. But anyway, uh, the other devices uh, that I found um, probably in last place, uh, the HTC Amaze. It's a little bit older, but that uh, does have pentaband support. The Samsung Galaxy S2. Some variants of this do have pentaband support so if you look for the right one you can use it on both t-mobile and at&t and then probably the most unknown underrated pentaband phone that's out there is the mizu mx and uh you know joey there's you know mizu has made some interesting products over the years uh you know including some of the the the, the clones of the smartphones that are out there um you know, but this one is uh, something that was actually just uh, just announced a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be launching here in June, and you can get it in either 32 or 64 gigabyte options. It's less than 500 bucks. It's going to have a four inch screen on it, dual core processor, and uh, I think it looks like it's going to be going to be pretty decent. And if you're looking, if you're okay with having a non uh, you know tier one, we'll just say Android manufacturer, Mizu uh, does have this out there, and like I said, it's it's not a bad not a bad option there. I think it's pretty underrated actually. For for, uh, we just hear hardly anything about it. Yeah, it could be, but I'd probably say the Galaxy uh, Nexus is still probably a better way to go because you will have, I would imagine, a little bit better support and, and updates would probably be a little bit quicker. So, uh, yeah, and of course, the current price of it's pretty, pretty, pretty decent too. That's true. Uh, and I think I said uh, this MX was uh, dual core, it's quad core, uh, quad core processor in this thing. So you've got four cores of fun. There's four of them, Joey. Four cores. It's got to be better than the two, right? Not necessarily. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Either way, that's your option right there. Uh, the last option, but I, still, I think the Galaxy Nexus. Let's see this Galaxy S3 come with pentaband support. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to seriously consider it if it does come with it, because it's just, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm not interested um, unless it has it now. And that's one of the problems that I've come up with with these new HTC One devices is that you're choosing one carrier or another. And I have an AT&T contract, but that doesn't mean I always want to have the phone on AT&T. I want to use it on T-Mobile sometimes, and I'm not going to do it if it's Edge only. Well, this has been a problem uh, since the T-Mobile went 1700 for the the Spectrum. I mean, it's really it's really been the issue. And of course, there was even 
kind of more so of an issue even before that when they started changing frequencies around and you had uh you know you'd then need uh, what was it the quad band phones to do the exact or the the dual band phones to do all of the t-mobile and at&t roaming when you're changing cities so it's really something that's uh it it, it won't go away it hasn't gone away it's always been a problem and it just it seems like it just will be because yeah the phone manufacturers or the carriers themselves just really don't want these phones to have uh the 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 all the bands in them because then it makes it just easier for you know us to do this unlocking and kind of be carrier agnostic in the uh the choices that we make and as a consumer of course that's what i want to do and of course as listeners to this show you're looking for you know some of the more interesting things that you can do with your phones and this is seemingly one of uh one of those and so um i I appreciate the question mike because it it really brought to light just how few pentaband options there are out there and uh it is frustrating and i'm actually was really didn't even think about this because the Galaxy Nexus, the phone that I feel like is on the top of my list, did have that pentaband support. But totally get it if you're not someone who's uh, interested in in going with the phone that you've already had. Yeah, it's it's pretty limited in what you've got here. Well, if you have any questions or con- uh, contents, yes, <laughs> con- questions or comments for us, you can contact us in a number of different ways. We'll actually run through everything here today. We don't do this very often. Of course, there's the website, thecellphonejunkie.com. You can go in there. You can leave comments on the posts, or you can actually uh, go to the Contact Us link from there and reach out to us from there. You can email us directly by sending email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. You can give us a call, 206-203-3734. You can also text us if you prefer to do that. We haven't got one of those in a while. That's 775 773 TCPJ, which is 8275, so 775-773-TCPJ. Then there's Facebook, facebook.com slash junkie, and Twitter at twitter.com slash junkie. If you're on Twitter, drop off the the, that we couldn't get that many characters. We're also on Google+. Plus. Uh, you can go on there. Actually, we've got the most followers out of any of the social networks over at Google+. Plus. So if you'd like to head over there, you can follow all of the news as it breaks uh, over on Google+. Plus. Search for The Cell Phone Junkie. And then, of course, we are on iTunes, Whereas with uh, the place where most of you are actually downloading this show from, you can leave us a comment on there as well. We do appreciate there any feedback that you give us. And of course, you can follow Joey and I over on Twitter. I am at TCPJ underscore Mickey. Joey is at TCPJ underscore Joey. And uh, if you're looking for different ways to actually listen to the show, we've got a number of ways you can do that too. Uh, first off, of course, through a standard pod catcher, uh, you can go and subscribe to the show and get it downloaded every Sunday evening when it comes out. Also, we do have the iPhone and uh, and uh, excuse me Android applications that are available. You can download either one of those. Uh, and then you can go and download the show directly, which we put up on the site every week. And finally, we do have a number through a service called Podlines, which is a way to listen to podcasts by actually just dialing a phone number. And our phone number is 510-495-6352. Uh, 510-495-6352. That's in the show notes every week as well. Just call up that number. You'll hear the latest show immediately start playing. It's a pretty neat service. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.